Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of January 24, 2021. We begin with announcements of various calls and Zoom events coming up in the next two weeks. All of these events are open and Plan to attend those that interest you. The KCB Next Generation Chapter invites you to its January support group call this coming Thursday, January 28 at 8 p.m. Eastern. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its bi-monthly open board meeting on Tuesday, February 2 at 8 p.m. and its next Low Vision support call on Wednesday, February 3 at 7.30 p.m. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout on Friday, January 29, is a game night. Join us for lots of fun from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. The Zoom number to call for all of these events is 669-900-6833 and the code is 862-9889-6972. Remember that you can call from your landline or cell phone or use the Zoom link on your smartphone. American Council of Blind Lions will hold its February meeting on Thursday, February 4 at 9 p.m. Eastern. This meeting is open to any blind or visually impaired person who has been a lion in the past, who is a lion, or who is interested in becoming a lion. Call-in details will be posted on the ACB Community Events list and on the ACB Lions email list. Or call Carla Rushevel, President of ACBL, at 502-897-1472 for more information. Each year, ACB holds leadership and legislative advocacy training in Washington, D.C. in late February. This year, this three-day information-packed event is virtual due to COVID-19. Normally, KCB sends two to four people to this event, covering air travel, hotel stay, and event registration. This year, because the costs are so much lower, we are encouraging all of our members to participate. Programming will be available via Zoom and ACB Radio Sunday through Tuesday, February 21 to February 23. The good news is that registration is only $20 per person. And the even better news is that KCB will cover registration for all of our members. To take advantage of this offer, you must be a one-year 2021 or life member of KCB, and you must register through KCB rather than directly with the ACB office. When you call, we will be sure that we collect all of the details we need to complete your registration, and we'll turn in your information and payment for your registration to the ACB Minneapolis office and your registration will be complete. Natalie Couch and Samantha Hubbard are playing a big part in helping bring information to you every week. Samantha is responsible for formatting and posting information and announcements to the KCB Constant Contact email list. And Natalie has begun recording some of those announcements for our new information line. To subscribe to our email list, Send a message with the word subscribe in the subject line to kcb at 
kentucky-acb.org or complete the subscription form on any page on our website at kentucky-acb.org. To listen to announcements, the latest edition of the KCB Newsletter, and the current edition of Soundprints, call our information service at 773-572-6318 from any landline or cell phone. By the way, if you have been receiving the CD version of Soundprints and you no longer need it because you're listening on the information line, your Victor Stream, or in some other way, please let us know that we no longer need to mail it to you. Just give us a call at 502-895-4598. Also call us if you have a suggestion for a future show or wish to give us feedback on past shows. The January 15 Greater Louisville Council Roundabout was certainly different than most because we talked sports. But not the sports like whose team is the best or which team recruited the best players this year or which coach is really the greatest. Adam Rushaval hosted the roundabout and he invited everyone to share memorable events such as attending games, visiting stadiums, and meeting sports personalities. The evening included some sports trivia and a discussion of how we as blind and visually impaired people have participated in and enjoyed sports. I will have to say that when we chose this topic, I was somewhat skeptical of how much participation there would be and if people on the call would be truly involved. I was pleasantly surprised. It was a fun night with many people on the call taking part in some way. The call was almost two hours long, and Adam has edited it to let you share in the fun. A few of the famous people you'll hear mentioned are sports broadcaster Harry Carey, University of Kentucky basketball player and Portland Trailblazer Sam Bowie, University of Kentucky quarterback and former NFL tight end Derek Ramsey, Kentucky Derby winning jockey Pat Day, and many others. Listen in as we share memories and talk sports, GLCB style. Page two. Welcome, everybody, to Roundabout tonight. Glad everybody could come. It's kind of a good way to spend some time on Friday evening. Tonight, our topic is sports, and I would term it athletics and sports. You don't have to be a super sports person to participate in this in, in the things that are planned. You don't even have to like sports, but all of us in one way or another, the sports world has touched us in either when we were kids or teenagers or as adults or whatever. Yeah, Adam is leading this discussion tonight, so guess what, Adam? It is your turn. I uh, suggested the sports topic on our uh, education activity and technology committee meeting, and I uh, ask Cecil to be on the call tonight. Cecil, are you here? I, uh, I am. Good. There you are. And um, and I also was hoping Deanna would be on tonight because I know she follows sports a lot. But as you know, I'm interested in history, and uh, as soon as you start talking about things you remember or whatever, that fits under uh, historical type uh, things. And so... Uh, that, that's one reason I like it. Uh, we're going to have some trivia questions, and I, I have 
some already prepared, but also I'm going to ask you all if if you happen to know of some uh, trivia-type thing from sports, uh, you're more than welcome to offer those as well. And I I think in addition to uh, trivia, uh, we can talk about things such as uh, maybe we, if you've met a, a, some celebrity type sports person, um, athlete or radio announcer or something like that, or uh, maybe your memory of a first uh, sporting event that you attended, or that uh, you know first sport uh, radio broadcast uh, that you can remember. So there's, there's all types of things, and of course anything you've participated in. I know with uh, people who attended schools for the blind, you have things like wrestling, track, swimming, bowling, for the go ball. And Carla says we also have to include uh, forensics, uh, since that was a uh, school for the blind team competition uh, among schools for the blind. So. Uh, if, if you did anything like that, that would be great. I'm going to start off with just a couple of trivia things. And my first one is, where is the newest NBA uh, franchise located? Cecil may have to help me on some of these to make sure that I'm correct on them, but... Um, Anybody want to make a guess? Charlotte. That'd All right, Bill Wright says Charlotte. No. Toronto Rafters. The who? Toronto Rafters. No. Okay. Anybody else? All right, Cecil, do you know? I'm going with Bill. I'm saying Charlotte. All right, my my next one is, where is the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament played? England. England. But where? England. Are anybody else? It's New York. And Natalie says it's played in England. She it's just England. can't get herself unmuted. Well, you're right, but where in England? Wimbledon. Uh, Wimbledon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, so you know, it's like um, I tried to find out where the U.S. Open tennis tournaments played, and you could say, "Well, the U.S." You know, need to be right, but uh, um, actually, on uh, when I asked the Echo where it was, it, it just says that the Billie Jean King, um, you know, court or something. It doesn't tell you what city it's in. It's in Flushing Meadows, New York. Yeah, yeah there that's, you go. That's right. <laughs> Now, now you know why I asked Cecil to be here. All right, and then uh, and there and there back in the day, there is a reason why it was called Flushing Meadows. What was the reason, Cecil? Yeah, you, you know why. And then uh, third third one I have before we uh, maybe ask for anybody that might have something. Uh, where is the Masters Golf Tournament played? Uh, somewhere in Georgia. Um, isn't it? Uh, Susan Carr, do you know? <laughs> Augusta. 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 Augusta, yeah. yeah, that's right. 
And read my stat. Um, I heard that asked on a radio uh, quiz thing, and, and people had trouble coming up with that. Does anybody have an, any little trivia things you might think about or something that you're even curious about that maybe don't know the answer but just would like to know? I'm trying to remember when Billie Jean King beat Bobby, what's his name? That was a big <laughs> deal in tennis when a woman defeated a man. I, I'm going way back. I don't remember yeah. when that was. The 70s, I think. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, it's Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs, yes. Battle of the Sexes is what it was called. Do I see so? Battle of the Sexes. All right, on, on pro protein mascots and the um, I'm going to say baseball football and hockey those three uh, leagues uh, how many are named for Cardinals and how many uh, are and where are they oh boy name for what NFL NHL and Major League Baseball we got St. Louis Cardinals baseball they got right uh, Kansas City, aren't they the Cardinals? No. No, they're the Chiefs, but there is a football. There's a yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Arizona, Arizona, Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals in football. Arizona, yeah. And yeah. those and are I'm the only two that I, I could find. And All right, now what about in colleges? How many are uh, have, have Cardinal as a mascot or a name, part of the name? I don't know that one. There's more Wildcats than Cardinal. Stanford has well. the Cardinal. Stanford is one, yeah. yeah. Stanford's named after the color, not the bird. But yeah. it's still Cardinal is a, I don't know if that's okay. actually a mascot, okay. but I, I counted it, see, so I don't, um, anybody, that's one. You've got, you've got your veil. That's oh, two. Well, that was the most obvious one. There you go, Bill. <laughs> um, That's one I can um, In Ball State, the Cardinals? Yeah. I didn't know that, huh? I think so. I came up with five off of using the Echo, and okay. that was uh, Stanford, uh, Ball State, Louisville, and um, Lamar, and uh, some huh. school. Uh, like a small school in Iowa. Huh. So, but those were the only five that the Echo would give me. I bet there's a lot more Wildcats. Yeah, I I tried doing that one. Uh, Cecil, do you have any idea on Wildcats? No, not actual Wildcats, but, you know, generally it all depends on what region you're in. If if they consider a Puma Wildcat or a... Uh, you know, a, a catamount, a wildcat, and everything. Yeah. No, not actual, just wildcats. No. Has anybody met a you know a, a celebrity um, athlete or radio announcer or anybody like that that you you know was memorable? My to you? brother, my brother met Harry Carey. I know I didn't. Oh me. Yeah. My brother did. What do you mean? Uh, I want well, to meet Harry. Uh, this this is Bill Wright, and at. I when when I was at the School of the Blind, I got to meet uh, some of the Dallas Cowboy defensive uh, 
linemen, uh, they came and did a thing at halftime at a UL game. That was early 70s. I can remember who it was. It was Tutal Jones, uh, Harvey mm-hmm. Martin, Charlie Waters, and one more. Well, I was selling fax machines for duplicator. I had UL's count and got to put one in Denny Crumb's office, so I have his autograph. And you know, right. a Cardinal fan, that was a that was a nice thing. That was a long time ago, but it was fun. Is that Restoria? Yes. Yeah. Start over. I interrupted you, Restoria. Thank you. No, that's okay. I'm from St. Louis, so I have met quite a few of them. Lou Brock, oh, me. Bob Gibson, and I, Ozzy, and um, Lou Brock was a. Uh, he uh, was over our little league baseball team for a while, so he always came to our banquet. And then I met a couple of the um, football players when uh, before Arizona, before they moved to Arizona. For Arizona or, took them, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, they, and they kept the name too, so they kept Cardinal. Now, we had a good time back then. Some of them were real nice. When I was convention coordinator for ACB, one time I was on a uh, on a trip to looking for a location for the convention. While I was there in Portland, I was in this wonderful restaurant. I, have, I don't remember what it was, but I was enjoying that. It was the first time I ever had had a tuna steak. And then, but the best part of it was um, I discovered that somebody said, oh, over there, Sam Bowie was there um, oh. having dinner. <laughs> And and I got to meet Sam Bowie. That certainly was more important than the tuna steak, and that was the highlight of the trip. Oh, it would have been. I've heard my brother-in-law was uh, at UK, and he always uh, he worked there for a while, and he always talked about Sam Bowie living in Lexington and being really nice and always being at at things and always supporting people and things and just a really nice guy. You know, something about that story, I had an Uncle Carla in St. Louis, and he was a diehard St. Louis blues fan. And our oh. son is 47. He was three at the time, and, and my uncle took us to a blues game. He didn't tell me his seats were three rows behind the penalty box. I haven't, oh. heard, language, I haven't heard language like that in a long time. <laughs> mild-mannered little blonde-headed boy by the period three was going, check them, kill them, you know. I was like, like, (laughs) Kentucky will know who he is, but, uh, and and he did play in the pros for a little while, but um, I got to talk to Louis Dampier one day. He he called, and he said, may I please speak to Tom Scoggins? And I said, well, he's not here right now. Who could I say is calling? Now you got to know that Tom could care less about sports. He really didn't like. He didn't care about sports except he liked for U of L to win the NCAA championship so he could get a day off school. But um, <laughs> anyway, the guy said, "Well, this is Louis Dampier," and I'm going, "Why in the world does Louis Dampier want to talk to my husband, the non-sports person that he is?" Anyway, he had this little business of delivering tapes. He sold um, reel-to-reel tapes and cassette tapes, too. And so Tom made an order, and he made it so that Louis Dampier would come one day when I was home. And uh, Tom said, hey, 
my wife really loves sports and she really likes UK. Could you talk to her for five minutes? And and Louis Dampier said, well, yeah, absolutely. And so we did. And uh, I I told him that I remembered him singing the Fisher commercials. And he went, ooh, you really are going, you really are digging up stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He played in a church league at Beargrass and they used to set him up across the half court line. Swish. (laughs) He's 42. Oh, wow. He could still shoot it, believe me. Well, years ago when I first started going to the Lions Club, Adam, I hadn't been going very long, had I? When Tom Leach came and talked to him. Yeah, Yeah, you went that day, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, he was wonderful. And he talked about how he used to practice being an announcer when he was 16 and in high school. And he came and he played a couple of the tapes. He was a great speaker. Well, this is Adam, probably the first real celebrity person I met, though, was back when I was still in college, uh, probably about 18 years old. Uh, the Kentucky Easter Seal Society had a organization here in Louisville called the Teen Club, which was for uh, handicapped people. They brought in Wes Unsel, who was still at UofL. I was and still am 5'7", and he was 6'8". And, I wow. mean, when, you know, I uh, reached up and t- touched the top of his head, and it, it was a reach, believe me. When I was involved with the Lions Club uh, all-star basketball games uh, that took place, uh, we had a, a committee uh, to um, organize the games each year. And um, for a couple of years, um, Philip Bond uh, oh. former guard, basketball guard at UofL, um, was on that committee, and and he was really a sharp person. I think he was a became a CPA. And, yeah, he did. And so, um, you know, I, I was able to meet him. Ramsey, I was so pleased to get to be here uh, when uh, we did the... Uh, uh, yeah, you got to. I missed him. Well, he was wonderful. Yeah, the 50th anniversary. He he had a really nice speech. I liked his speech. His speech was fabulous. It was. When I was at KSB and there was a couple of us, a couple of years that got to go to the Don Fightmaster golf tournament, and I got to meet Don Fightmaster, the you know, who's hmm. the tournament's named after, and he's a one-arm golfer. Right. Oh, he was playing. Um, yeah. Then I also, uh, when Pat Day came and spoke at the uh, sports luncheon at the convention, I also got to meet him too. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was that was the uh, that they wound up getting Pat Day. Um, I think Paula Weiss wound up getting him. Did you get to talk to him, Debbie? Briefly. Uh huh. Anybody else, Susan? I have Persia Walker's autograph. Oh, oh wow. wow. Oh wow. Uh-uh. I was thinking about him the other day, uh, Susan, the other night when they had the Alabama-Ohio State game on, and, you know, they were talking about um, Alabama's Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, the quarterback, and they say, well, a lot of times the quarterbacks, you know, are the most important person, but they always have to have somebody, you know, a receiver or something that helps them out. And I was thinking about Herschel Walker, you know, when when he played for Georgia, I don't have the slightest idea who the quarterback was. You don't need to know that. And it's the same way with 
Terry Wilson at the University of Kentucky this past year. I mean, he, he has more wins than a lot of U.K. quarterbacks, and yet they say, well, he wasn't a great quarterback. He was just lucky to have good players. Well, so what? He still was the starting winning quarterback. But Herschel Walker, boy, uh, I remember him ruining U.K. games year after year. <laughs> this is Deb. <laughs> In 1978, I was doing substitute teaching at the Cleveland Society for the Blind Sight Center. And one day they brought in the uh, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, and had us. they had to spend the day under blindfold and they had to do cooking wow. and concept development, which was where I was substituting. So I had to show them how to do uh, leather work with the... And they made uh, little coin purses, or they could do macrame. <laughs> that was kind of fun. I never saw such big hands before. Boy, they some of those guys had huge hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a shame I didn't have a T-shirt to have signed or something with me. I didn't take. I didn't know they were coming. Mm-hmm. So I got there, and I think it was my first day of substituting. I know how you feel about the T-shirt, that you wish you'd had it signed. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten about my my U of L story again on a trip for the convention. We were getting ready to have the 1986 convention in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the chair of the Tennessee Host Committee lived in Chattanooga. She decided she was going to have the Host Committee meeting. We didn't have a national committee at the time; it was just me and them. And so she decided she's going to have the Host Committee meeting in Chattanooga. So I go to Chattanooga. And I'm there eating Memphis. And I said, I will win if Louisville won their game. And the person beside me said, well, yes, we did. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? It was the L basketball team that we'd been waiting on. Oh, wow. And, oh, and at that great. Tennessee had been selling these boxes of candy. And I had bought a box of candy for Patty and one for Mike and was taking them home. And the only thing I had, for them to sign were those boxes of candy. And so it was the 1986 team that, um, I mean, they were, you know, they they eventually won the the championship. And he says, well, give me that box of candy. I'll take it around and get a signature on from all these guys for you. And that started a party. They could hardly get that plane back down here because then once he took that around, for me, and let's see, I'm trying to think who it was that I sat with. I can't remember. It was the, one of the big names on the team. Uh, but then all the other passengers on the plane started getting up and wanting things signed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was really, it was a fun trip. I have a couple other trivia things here. For instance, uh, how many teams are in Major League Baseball, if you look at both leagues? A lot of baseball fans, sorry. I don't know that one. Any guesses? Bill, what do you think? You it's thirty of them. How many? Thirty. That's correct. Thirty. Wow. All right. Al Ristoria, you know your sports. I like baseball. I (laughs) hate basketball. I am impressed. (laughs) I even know nothing. Rest story, one of these days you and I are going to, this is Deanna, one of these days you and I are going to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals because that's my first 
Well, I love UK basketball, but the and, first team that I was really, really drawn to, and I still like them a lot. All right. How many teams are in the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I should know that. 32. 32. Bill said 32? Yes. All right. Yeah, that 32 is, is right. Yep. And what about the National Hockey League NHL? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the NBA. I know that one. I never have kept up with hockey. That's probably one of the sports I don't do anything with. Well, 24. I'll say 25 just for a number, but I'm sure that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I'm going to guess 30. Well, 30 is, uh, actually, 31 is uh, correct. 31, at least according to the echo. So. That's right. Thirty-one's right. The last team to come in is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. There you are. Wow. wow. See, I still can't figure out why they want hockey in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> what major league team just moved to um, Las Vegas? Oh, the the Raiders. The Los Angeles Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Los Angeles Raiders. Right. Los Angeles yeah. Oakland Raiders. I didn't have right. that down as a question, but I just happened to think of it. So, um, all right, now how many Division One college football teams are there? Oh, one hundred twenty-nine. Any other guesses? I think it's about 148 or 49, but I can't remember. I think it's about 148 or 49. No, I thought it was 126. According to the Echo, 125. And that's more than I thought. I had heard 123 at one time, but the Echo said 125. Now they're – see, so is FDS, the the next level down, is that what they're – Yeah, the football uh, sub-series, yeah. Yeah. How many of those? That's, that's Eastern Kentucky, Moorhead, Murray, and so on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or All right. Murray and so, how, how many of those teams are there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. That was the 129. Oh, okay. Who was the basketball coach at the University of Louisville before Denny Crum? John Drummo. There you are. Yep. Yeah. I thought that might be a little hard for somebody. That's because to... Dad took me. I was 13 years old, and I probably well, I'm still a Cardinals fan. That was a big deal. Go to a ball yep. game with Dad. <laughs> yeah. And and well, just, them all. We, yeah. We played and, Memphis, and those were not nice games. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they brought their switchblade. That's true. In <laughs> Memphis. Yeah. Memphis. They hated oh yeah. Football. They were oh. Where does Rick Patino coach now? Uh, Layola, isn't it? You're uh, close. Mar- oh, uh, it's on Long Island. I think it's Layola. Yeah. Well, I'll, Layola? I'll give you. It's Iona. Yeah, you're close. I'll give you credit for you. that. Yeah. You're close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they can, they the thing about him. Iona, a lot of people don't know, but back in the 19 mid 60s or late 60s, they were always a top 20 ranked team. Yeah, they were. And Murray State, you know, was uh, would would schedule them, 
but they would never play Murray at Murray. It was we always had to go up there to play them, and, and they would beat us. They were ranked, but then in 1968, Murray had a very good team and um, made the NCAA tournament when they only had 16 teams in the tournament at that time. And we we got on a, down on our home court. And we had a at one point a nineteen to four run on them, and we ended up beating them. So they oh, wow. they didn't they didn't come back again. So that's a. <laughs> but, all right, where does Tubby Smith coach? Oh man, now where does he coach now? Uh, Is he still up in Minnesota? No, he's in Texas now somewhere. No. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll give I'll give you a hint. He was at UTEP, wasn't he? I'll, I'll give wasn't you a UTEP hint. Where? He, where? Didn't he Didn't he coach at UTEP? Nope. No, I think it was no? Texas Tech. No. Texas yeah. Tech. Oh, okay. Texas Tech. Okay. I think. Then, but I'll give you a hint. He He's at Minnesota. his alma mater. He was someplace in Oklahoma for a while. Oh yeah. But, no, uh, uh, he was at Tulsa. Not a, yeah, Tulsa. Oh, not thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but he he's now coaching at his alma mater. Yeah, that's I can't. And uh, they recently uh, and, and he came to they, Eastern Kentucky to play just uh, the, about a month ago. Oh, what's the name of that school? Uh, it's in North Carolina. Greensboro? <laughs> uh, no, it's High Point. Oh, High oh Point. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Another thing um, um, I was wondering about, and Carla mentioned, is uh, when we talk about going to things like uh, I know GLCB has gone to the bats games and and so on. Or if next generation. Been, uh, next yeah. generation. Um, and so we were wondering about if you have any favorite. Um, Sport foods, you know, rec, uh, stadium or sports type foods. Funnel cake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bratwurst. Got to have a bratwurst. Yes. I agree with that one. Hot dog. Hot dogs, okay. Peanuts and huh? Cracker Jacks. <laughs> cracker Jacks, that's a good one. I don't care I'm, if we never I'm come back. I'm, I'm still with my funnel cakes because I got one at the ball game that day. I don't even like baseball. Can't stand baseball. I think you have to have a, a beer to worst the hot dog or broadwood. You do. Yes. You have beer. Carla, yeah. tell your baseball story. But, oh, yeah, baseball. See, I don't like baseball. And going to baseball is just kind of like watching paint dry. And I know, Ristoria, you and Deanna tell me it's different, but it's not so. And so – so I go out to see, it was the Redbirds, wasn't it, at that time? I guess they were playing out the fairgrounds. And, and it was this hot day, and I'm sitting there, and, the you know, look how the, quiet, the crowd is. at a baseball game? They're kind of quiet. It doesn't make a lot of noise. Nobody's doing much. And I go to sleep. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there taking my nap, and all of a sudden it's the this, this seventh inning stretch. And oh. And I, I wake up, and it was as if nothing had happened. I mean, the same person was up to bat. The score was the same. 
there's this all the same it's the same names, the same people, everything. Just but and I thought, how can anybody be interested in this? I've been sleeping through four innings and nothing has happened. <laughs> Seventh inning stretch, and I managed to survive the other two. When yeah, see, I'd rather. Yeah, when I'd much rather go to a baseball Lewis, game than I, to Yeah, you sure weren't going to catch me at that Cardinals game, but Deanna, you went, didn't you? Yeah, Joey went too. Yes, I went, but the best part about that was the stadium tour the next day. I loved the stadium tour because I just remembered. I mean, I just, I just enjoyed it. I, That's what Joey but, said, Deanna. He said I should have saved some money and just sent him on the. Um, Stadium tour because oh, it was really good. And I sat in the broadcast booth. I said, "Oh, this is just this is just really neat. I just want to wait till tonight and <laughs> see Mike Shannon when when he comes in here." But uh, anyway, no, the, no, my baseball story is funny because we went to something. I guess it was the it was in 1992. So it would have been Redbirds. So so we go to the Redbirds game and. The fireworks come. And I said, oh, are we staying for fireworks? And Tom said, oh, yeah, we're staying for fireworks. Like, oh, my gosh, I hate fireworks. So we stayed, and about five minutes, I said, are are we ready to leave now? And they go, no, the fireworks aren't over. Like, well, you know, it's all the same to me the last five minutes. So just lots of noise. So anyway, a couple weeks later, we went again with a different group. And the score was tied. It was at the bottom of the ninth inning, and the score was tied. And Tom said, "Are we staying?" And I said, "We absolutely are. <laughs> if you guys can stay, if you guys make me stay for fireworks, we're staying for extra innings." And uh, so yeah, it makes a difference where you sit when you go to a baseball game. The bleachers oh, yeah. are are a lot more fun, and then you're out there in the outfield without, and you learn them a lot because. Um, we had a couple of baseball players who were on the team with the Cardinals, and then we would get a chance to sit in the um, reserve seating for the cart for their families. And so that was always a little more boring. But in the bleachers, see, they didn't, they don't have any sense, so they were really clowning. Sometimes you didn't even need a radio. You could just listen to the reaction of the crowd. Right. You, know, <laughs> you could tell what was going on. I had a radio always, but I always really wanted to meet Jack Buck. That was my favorite. Yeah. He's still he's still one of my favorite broadcasters of all time. Yeah. I got to, I got to meet his son, but I didn't get to. And who turned out to be pretty famous? Joe's doing all right. Yeah. But uh, he's doing, yeah, he's doing he's all right. He's not as good as his dad. And and um. Uh, Buck, uh, Harry Carey was there oh, yeah. before Buck was. Yeah. 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 And and uh, then he moved from St. Louis, Louis to his fa- to their rival team. Yes. Uh, that's why I don't stuff. I don't like you two right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we know, Natalie. We know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We've only got three months, Natalie, and then we can I start. Know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Then we can start. Cecil listens to a lot of different play-by-play and color analysts, you know, around <clears throat> the leagues and different sports. But, you know, I've come to the conclusion that here in Kentucky, you had play-by-play people like, uh, for those, you know, who, who know Kentucky 
UK and UL broadcast. You had Claude Sullivan and, and Kay Wood Lefford and right. Van Vance and Ed Calais and a couple of others. And I submit that all of them made their reputations by being the play-by-play announcers without any color analyst. And that today, the color analysts are more of a traction to me yeah. than yeah, I, I would much prefer mm-hmm. just having one person on the radio at least. You know, mm-hmm. do the play-by-play. If mm-hmm. if they want somebody, you know, to say something and while they take a, a sip of soft drink or at halftime or something, that's fine. But I still think those people made their reputation because they did it all. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah. this is Cecil. And there's yeah. teams that I listen to that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of. I don't want against them, but I mean, like, like the Dodgers. I just love to hear the Dodgers broadcast. Charlie Steiner, I think it's Rick Monday. They work really well together. They and you know the the guys for the Packers. They work really well together, and I just enjoy listening to broadcasts that don't have to yell to be heard. Bob Kessling for Tennessee University of Tennessee. He does a great job. His color analysts are terrible, but play by play. Bob Kessling for Tennessee's flat out on the money. This will take you back a ways. Does anybody remember Wait Hoyt with the Cincinnati Reds? Well, sure. He always put me to sleep. I just <laughs> <laughs> said yeah. my dad would turn on the baseball game on the radio, and, man, I'd start snoring as soon as Wait started talking. <laughs> I, lo- I loved it when he left. Because it was baseball, Terry. Al Michaels came right Al Michaels came right after Wait Hoyt, and he he stayed for a minute, and then Marty Brennerman forever, of course. But. Yeah, that's the way I felt about Mike Shannon he, when he uh, had problems, medical problems, and he couldn't play baseball any longer. They put him on on the microphone. Oh my God! Yeah, oh, I, I can't stand to listen to him. He just says, "I can't." I mean, I try to listen to the Cardinals DNF for you. Oh, uh, but I just feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I know he's he's no. terrible. Well, you know what? Though? Now you guys, this is Cecil. He's, he's a lot but better. I enjoy, I enjoy listening to the. No, Mike Shannon, I can't stand. But any of those other guys, the, 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 the guy that the guy that does the uh, the producer, what's his name, Ricky Jackson? Yeah. Now, see, no. I love. He's done a game or two. I love hearing him, uh, Mike Claiborne. I like listening yeah, to him. I, I enjoy Ricky Jackson doing a ball game because he just does a really nice job. Maybe to blind people, you know, announcers on radio and stuff mean a lot more because a lot of times you can't get anything from television announcers. Right. They mm-hmm. might talk about, you know, something totally away from the game, assuming you can see it. And so – when we have good announcers or bad announcers, you know, it really means a lot more to us, I think. It's One other area I wanted to get into <laughs> was, um, you know, maybe any any sports that we might have been involved in. And I just have a couple of examples. I, when I uh, was at the School for the Blind, uh, 
we could go out for wrestling when we were in the fourth grade. I, I started wrestling when I was nine years old in the fourth grade, and there was no age limits or grade levels um, for participating in sports. You could be in the fourth grade and wrestle a high school person. Oh, my God. You know, if, if, if the coaches wanted you to, especially among schools for the blind. Does anybody have any memories of maybe being on a – a team or, you know, some kind of sports competition? That, uh... Well, I do, Adam. Our, our, don't, our children love soccer, and my daughter was playing at Oldham County League and is under six, which is what I call dirt ball, because the mm-hmm. ball goes one way and there's a cloud of dirt and these kids follow it. And they <laughs> lost every game, and this kid named Michael, I wound up being assistant coach, and the coach was gone that day, so I was the coach. Michael was the fullback, so he's a stopper. And in the middle of the game, he brought me dandelions. I said, now, Michael, I want you to go back there, and I thank you for the flowers, but could you just pay a little more attention to the game? I'll never forget that. <laughs> brought me dandelions. And they beat the number one. They beat the number one. They lost every game. And Aww. they beat the number one team the last game. So I have not Aww. seen Wow. So I'll never forget Michael. I don't remember his last name. <laughs> Well, I, I have a very short uh, sports story. When I did my, my personal rehab uh, stuff before my senior year in high school up at the Cincinnati Association for the Blind, they wanted to show us all these things that, you know, leisure activities and cool stuff. So we bowled. And I bowled a seven. <laughs> Oh, there uh, we go. You want uh, you want to see some you Sister, you want to see somebody have fun bowling? Jan Williams can have fun bowling. I was thinking that, I, Cecil. <laughs> I've seen her. I've been on her team, and she had just as much fun one night bowling as a bowling a one as she did a zero the same night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> did, did anybody else do any uh, other? Sports like track or cheerleading or anything like that. Well, I attempted to do track and swimming, but wasn't very good. I remember the the first time it was. I think it was in the at the um, Invitational in March, and Kathy, I asked what was I was what I was going to be in, and Kathy Johnson said, "Oh, you're in the 500." I'm so I'm in what? <laughs> you're doing what to me? I I never was I always enjoyed sports but I never was any good at it. I had a big discussion with um somebody. I, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Sandy Rukinich. Um most of you don't know Sandy Rukinich, but Sandy Rukinich was um she was a tech teacher here for quite some time and, and I still see her sometimes at conventions and stuff. Sandy lived in Oregon and she was not an athletic person. She didn't like athletics and all. She's very musical. I think it was Sandy and I got in a big discussion one day about, you know, that because that, the school for the blind lets let you be a big fish in a little pond. And I was certainly one of those people who I wanted to be in sports and, of course, always wanted to be the best. And I, I would not have been the best. I, you know, I was a cheerleader for five years at KSB. I wouldn't have been a cheerleader for one minute at any other school. And I knew it, but I sure enjoyed my five years. I often said to people that that was the only place where you could have a cheerleader who couldn't jump, and that was me. And, uh, you know, Barbara Evans, who was the coach, would often, 
Carla, you know, let's try this jump a little differently. And it never worked. I mean, you know, but, um, but Sandy says, but that builds up, you have this false sense of accomplishment and you shouldn't, that, that gives you the wrong impression of the world. And I said, Sandy, the other side of that is it gave me experiences that I, I would never have had any place else. Adam was talking about going to Tennessee. Um, you know, we, we went to, uh, we took all kinds of trips and things. And when I got to college, I discovered I had been all kinds of places that all the other girls, and because uh, I was a music major and a psych major when I first started, and the, the girls in the, those departments had not had those experiences. And I wouldn't have had them if I hadn't been this lousy cheerleader. So, um, you know, there's not a right and a wrong way. For, there's always differences for different strokes for different folks. That's how it is. Um, this, this is Bill. Um, I, you know, I was a, was a horrible athlete, and but I was a pretty good manager, and uh, uh, I was really grateful for the last, I guess, the last three or four years I was at uh, KSB. We went to Northern Illinois University every year for the uh, uh, prize. Uh, track tournament uh, for the for the NC uh, track meet, and I really enjoyed getting to go to Northern Illinois University and all the different uh, experiences and everything, and all the you know all the doors that opened that would have been totally close to me. I know time's moving on here. Does anybody else have anything they want to? mention or talk about that we've covered? I swam in high school. Who's that, Susan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was on the USABA, uh, the the Olympic team. And ah. Uh, now you're telling us something we didn't know about you. Yeah, tell us about it. A little more. That was fun. Um, it mm-hmm. was quite interesting. We went to Holland um, and uh going into the dining hall and eating with all these people from different countries and I had oxtail soup. I can say that's about the only thing I remember of something I've never tried that I thought I might like. And it was okay, you know. I ate oxtail soup and uh but it was it was, you know, the year the the, the regular Olympics boycotted. What sports did swimming? you swim with uh, oh, swim with Donna Brown? Oh wow! Oh my goodness! Now they were finding out something here. Yeah, I know. I had no idea. That's really cool. And we went in June, and it was cold. You, you can <laughs> imagine going out there, and and they, all they they gave us, um, we had you know uniforms that that people had sponsored and gave us, and wearing shorts in Holland in June was not fun, and getting in a <laughs> in a swimsuit, and they bought they paid for time to go in this pool that we had to practice so that we could get used to um, the size of the pool and everything that you swim in, and it was cold, and nobody wanted to get in. The coach said, we paid for it. You're going to practice <laughs> <laughs> And we had to go. It was uh, it was so cold that day. It was 
Well, that that's a super. That's a great story. Get a yeah. uh, international trip like that. I think that uh, I've been thinking about Carla, what you said about Sandy Rukinich, and I was mainstreamed, um, and I'll tell you. I think that the ideal would be some kind of combination of both because mm -hmm. there was no way this side of Hades that I was going to do anything at all much in gym class. I mean, gym class was just horrible. They had no idea what to do with me. And, mm -hmm. um, you know. That's how I was. Yeah. And uh, no way could I have played any kind of sport, even if, you know, we had a volleyball team at high school. Oh, yeah. But I think that it is incredibly important for growing up, for blind kids to have that sense that they can do things with their bodies. Um, fortunately, I was allowed to run around like a maniac at home and um, – I was, my family had a little tiny houseboat and we were on the water a lot and I swam. But as far as competitive stuff, there was no chance. So I really think you guys got a real benefit from residential schools just in terms of, in terms of that alone, if, if nothing else. And there was plenty else, I'm sure. I swam on a local swim team after high school. And they wanted to do an article for me in the paper. Uh, and my coach uh, decided, uh, you know, that's when she came to me after practice one day and said, you need to maybe think about going to the, you know, I think your times are comparable and you can go to the, the Olympics. But before that, she said, uh, I mean, they did a, pay, a an article with about me in the paper being on this on this local swim team and of mm -hmm. course I didn't do well with them I mean I came in you know in the age group I was in last place a lot of times maybe fifth place whatever not not really well but I you know I I, I swam and I had fun with it and I mean she yeah she she I thought about quitting the first week because my side hurt so much and she said just keep going it'll get better I said okay you know but um they the article they did the headline was unsinkable susan and i'm going uh oh yeah, you god you me think <laughs> oh boy i was not happy with that article no, and i was no. and i had to go to practice the next day and i was i was just like mm -hmm. and and everybody called me superstar no i, I didn't i didn't like the headline nor mm -hmm. did i like you know they mm -hmm. could have had in another headline besides that you know Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why not write an article saying, here's what one person with a visual impairment does. Let's look at all of our other visually impaired students and find ways that they can do things on our with us as well. You know, that's one, mm -hmm. one spin, but that's not the spin that they so often want to give. There, <laughs> there just are so many opportunities for, for achieving that you get in a residential school that that at least when I was mainstreamed we didn't get I was ter I wanted to join the uh forensics group at our at my high school but I was terrified to had a crush on the forensics teacher and I thought this person was most wonderful thing since sliced bread and yet 
you know, now if I'd been at KSB, I would have done it because everybody mm-hmm. else was. But you but still I, could do it in public school. I mean, I did it. Yeah. Well, it, it was oh, sure. It was very well, doable. I mean, yeah. But at, when I was 14, I was too scared to do it. This is Cecil. I got two things. I'm gonna get off here. My best, my sport, favorite sports memory was I had enough vision in seventh and eighth grade to run track on the public school team, and that was that was good stuff for me. I truly enjoyed that. And talk about mainstream versus KSB, Terry. I was um, I had to go to first grade two years because they didn't realize I had a vision problem until I was my second grade my second year of first grade mm-hmm. and then halfway through my second grade year I started going to the Indiana school for the blind and when I got there and there was other people just like me I thought I had arrived I, I fit in <laughs> from day yep. one and I've said from 1980 until now that's where I learned accountability at was at the Indiana School for the Blind because I was expected to deliver just like anybody else. The four years I was there, I loved it. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.